Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk about the Logan Mayu reinstatement, and we're going to look for some trade partners for the Habs when it comes to Jake Allen upon listener request. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to episode 903, and thank you all for making us your first listen of the day every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat with any order. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. My name is Laura Zab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who took care of hosting duties uh, while I was away this weekend. Scott, how are you doing today, and how did it go on uh, Monday? Well, ignore my messy hair and everything else. I have been traveling all day for work, so like my hair is an absolute catastrophe right now. Monday was good. It's always fun to talk prospects, and it's especially uh, poignant at this time because the eyes on the prize top 25 under 25 will be coming to an end soon. We are into the top 10 as of today. I believe there is so much to get into in that. And honestly, it's, it's my favorite time of year because we're about three weeks or so out from rookie training camp. And then the rookie showcase here in Buffalo, where I'll be lucky enough to hopefully attend a couple of those games and bring you all the information, everything that you need from there. Uh, I just hope everyone else enjoyed that as well. And we do have some more. I uh, Do we want to classify this as prospect news off the top, or is this more like a general news thing? But either way, we do have uh, some news that kind of just got thrown out into the ether uh, this afternoon. Right. I, I think it's it's general news and prospect news because it concerns a prospect, but it's more of a bigger picture NHL thing. Uh, so after weeks and weeks of people asking us and wondering, you know, are the is the NHL going to reinstate Logan Mayu? Uh, it apparently has been done according to Renaud Lavoie. And so when it when the time comes for him to play in the NHL, he will not be barred from doing so, I believe was the warning. The NHL is not going to get in his way. So I think what this means now for the Montreal Canadiens is what do they do with him uh, overall on a hockey level and on a personal level? So, um, Scott, you were about to jump in. I don't want to interrupt what you were about to say. I Well, I have two thoughts with this is that the biggest thing with this, and this ties into the whole Hockey Canada thing, is that the NHL, and this is... Gary Bettman specifically, because I believe he was asked about this during the Stanley Cup playoffs, is that we will be meeting with the Canadians and Logan Mayu after the Stanley Cup is over with him. I believe it was after the NHL draft, which all that big stuff, get that done and out of the way so we have a meeting and can focus on that. And then we just heard nothing, 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 nothing. And then it just kind of gets slid in there almost as like an end of the day news dump and this is a big deal for some pe- for a lot of people who are 
you know, want to make sure that he's being held accountable for what he did without going into that. And I think that is a completely fair thing for this. And the NHL just seemed kind of content to let it go away until they, it seemed like no one was paying attention anymore. And then it came out again. And I, I can't speak to what other people want from this situation because I, I don't know what else that I could input into this for him as a now professional hockey player. He has an entry level contract. He will be playing professional hockey this year. As far as I can tell, barring anything drastic is that to continue to, you know, work on these things that he was doing and in terms of whether it be classes or, you know, education and everything else in there to continue that and actually show that you are continuing this beyond, okay, I'm reinstated. I don't have to do this anymore kind of thing. Uh, the Canadians putting a heavy emphasis on player development and having a lot of one-on-one time with players in the AHL, meeting with player development coaches and every, and other people in the organization. I think it is important that they make sure that this is reinforced. And this is not just for him. All the younger players should make sure that they're meeting. Are you doing the right things in the community? Are you, you know, behaving the way a professional hockey player should, you know, behave on and off the ice. And in terms of where he's going to be, he's going to be a member of the Laval rocket. As far as I can tell this year, um, don't ask me to sort out that defense right now, just because there's too many bodies and that will be another episode. But I think he's going to spend some time in the HL. He is going to have his adjustment period in there and that learning the level, the speed and play at the professional level takes some time. And he's going from where he was a very, very good junior hockey offensive defenseman to now you have to be a very good defenseman at the AHL level where everything is faster. Everyone is a lot nastier. You're playing against men, not kids. And the biggest thing is here because he is someone who likes to stand up for his teammates and for himself against, you know, potential acts of aggression on the ice and whatnot is he is going to have a target on his back. And you, everyone can say, well, players on the other team have probably done something similar. Yes, that is true. That doesn't make it any more right that he did it. He was caught doing this. This is a thing that happened. And I think he needs to be aware that he is going to be a target of opposing teams. They are going to say things that are probably despicable to him. And that is something he needs to be able to keep his head on straight and not hurt his own team in that regard with it. That is going to be one of the biggest things because he is going, he will probably play preseason games for the Canadians this year. Potentially he will play in that rookie showcase more than likely in Buffalo. If he is healthy, he is going to have a target on his back because of that. Everyone knows he is a lightning rod now and he needs to, if he is actually growing as a player and as a professional on and off the ice is, you cannot give in to every little jab that they are going to throw you because it's going to be a lot. And if they know they can get you off your game, they're going to keep doing it. And it's going to get worse. And I am sorry for like taking over this entire no. segment. I have been thinking about it a lot today while I've been on the road driving in between stops for work. Yeah. And I think the important thing here is that I know there's like, there's so many people, even our listeners sometimes will yell at us being like, is he supposed to be punished for the rest of his life for what he did? And then there's some people where it's like, he needs to die. Like, I think that's not how the real world, the real world works. Okay. So the, I think the best way to put this is that in doing what he did, 
he lost the right to be able to play as an NHL player without that mark on him. So what he does with that is up to him and the Montreal Canadiens. And somebody brought out that, like, having done this now, it's not a matter of constantly punishing him. But the best thing for everybody would be for the Montreal Canadiens to push him to try and be a quote unquote role model in terms of how not to act. Right. Like everything that he's learned and all the quote unquote work and classes and stuff that he's had to do over this time, like he I think the best thing for everybody involved is and for him to continue to grow as a person and a player is for him to continue to share what he's learned with younger players, with his teammates and all of that. Like, I don't think anybody, or that's not true. I don't think there's, there are a lot of people that just want him out of the NHL. And honestly, like I personally, I don't even know where I stand on this anymore because of all the changes. Like I, I truly do think that somebody should have to do the work. They should have to demonstrate that they've learned and they've changed. And once they do that, they deserve the chance. Now, whether or not he's done that, that's up to the Canadians in the NHL. They seem to think that, that that he has. And it's also up to the victim. Like, we're not the victim. And it's really, really important here. Where, like, if the victim is satisfied, all of that, that's very, very different from, like, what you and I think. But I do think that it's also extremely incorrect to say that he's constantly being punished for something that he did years ago that wasn't even as bad as, you know, what the Hockey Canada players did and all of that. Like, that's not actually an argument. He's not being punished. He's literally going to be allowed to play in the NHL and make millions of dollars if he makes the NHL. Like, nobody's preventing, like, he's not being punished for the rest of his life. So I think people should need to like let go of that narrative as well and just focus on he did what he did. Is he making the community a better place now? Is he not a danger to the community and in fact a positive impact on the community now? I think that's what the focus should be. I think people should stop arguing that we're constantly wanting him to be punished by constantly bringing it up. Leave him alone. Why are you always bringing it up? Because he did it. And now he has to he has to like that impact that he had the negative impact he has to balance it out by positive impact and i i believe in change i believe that people can grow and i believe that people um deserve chances after having done the work and unfortunately when you do something like that you lose the right to not have to do the work if you want to like be part of the community you have to continue to do the work and i think that's totally fair i don't think that that's extreme i don't think that that's too you know too one way or the other and that's all i'm going to say about that uh, because we have lots of other things to talk about. And uh, one of which is uh, the lovely and talented Jake Allen. Um, because one of our listeners asked us to assess trading partners for him. Like we did for Jeff Petrie a couple weeks ago. Maybe we can make a trade happen. And that's coming up in just one. But first, this episode is brought to you by bird dogs. What are bird dogs? What do we keep talking about? Bird dogs are shorts or pants that make you look good and they're stylish and you feel comfortable all of the time. They fit way better than regular shorts. They're kind of like, you know, they're, they're honestly, it's like you feel like you're wearing PJs, but you can go out and look stylish. Uh, we all got bird dogs, full disclosure. I gave mine to my brother-in-law and not only has he been, you know, going doing housework and like helping me move with all of that. He's also been going out, out in them because they're so comfortable and they're so stylish and you can get, bird dogs right now in fact you should because you could get the same tech tech hat that scott is wearing and modeling right now and looking extremely handsome and you want to look handsome too 
Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, or you can enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. It's time to talk trade partners for Jake Allen. So uh, a couple of our listeners asked us after we did a trade partners for Jeff Petrie episode, uh, we talked a little about who, about who, where he might go and who might be interested in him. And Scott, you rightfully pointed out that Detroit might be a great place for him. And in fact, that's what ended up happening. Let's talk about the same for Jake Allen upon listener request. Now, I want to stress that I don't want to run Jake Allen out of town. This is not what this is. Just if the Canadians were to trade Jake Allen instead of Casey DeSmith, where would he go? The hard part about this is we're getting nearer and nearer to like the start of camp. Like the PTOs have started basically here. And this makes things a little bit more complicated because I am looking at cap friendly right now in the background. And I look at some of the teams on here that have cap space. Anaheim and Chicago, probably not going to be good. I don't know if they're going to want to send Jake Allen there. I think he wants to go to a team that's probably going to have a chance at getting him another Stanley Cup ring. Uh, Nashville has a young goaltender on the rise and has UC Soros. Detroit has three goaltenders. There is a name down here with $8.7 million in cap space that caught my eye, though. And I know, and what sticks with me here is that they have a very good young goalie on the rise. And that's Devin Levi. And I think with this is the Buffalo Sabres are looking for a true 1B goaltender to help kind of acclimate him to the to the National League here. Is that we know Devin Levi is likely a very good NHL goalie, but if there are struggles... Do you want to depend on Ukapeka Lukanen or Eric Comrie as your 1B versus a guy like Jake Allen? And in, I don't see that being a thing they might want to do, especially because, you know, you want to win. The Sabres are in a, are in a time frame where they want to start winning games here. And Buffalo is the first name that sticks out to me. San Jose is the money for it, but, I mean, I don't know if they really want to send him out there. I mean... They just signed Mackenzie Blackwood. They have Capo Kakinen signed for this season. I I don't really see it. Their their depth is young at this point. And Arizona, they have, I want to say it is, yeah, Carol Vamelka, Connor Ingram, both are signed, you know, for the next couple of years here. The Rangers just signed Jonathan Quick. The Devils have their goaltending prospects. The Flyers have Carter Hart for the time being. Uh and they just signed Cal Peterson for two years at $5 million, unless that's coming off of his LA deal. There's suddenly a lot less potential suitors for a Jake Allen type. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of teams that would be knocking down the door to potentially add him. Um, I can see a team like maybe, well, Minnesota's got Marc-Andre Fleury, Philip Gustafson, who they just re-signed. And the last one, and I just want to double check who they have in net. Could I mean Philip Grubauer's out there, but maybe Seattle. I can see Buffalo though being a team who's very interested in adding a veteran, def- a veteran goaltender there to help their young def- their young team there get over the hump a little bit. But I think it's going to be a team out of left field, someone that we are not expecting, and it's going to be complicated, and it's going to have some leverage in changing spots and everything. 
I still think Casey the Smith is the one that likely gets traded, but that wasn't the question, obviously. Uh, I think Buffalo is probably the best spot potentially for a Jake Allen type, if not Casey to Smith too, depending on how much money they're trying to save right now. Right. And that's, that's exactly it is. And I think one of the most important things is that, you know, some teams might not have cap space, but they might be a good partner. So it's not a matter of whether or not they currently have the cap space it's whether they could make it work. So like, is it a team that could trade away some of those, uh, some of those players? And honestly, like with Mike Hoffman being traded, I, I now believe that anybody could could be traded. I don't believe that there is such a thing as an untradeable player. So, you know, I think what what you what you are onto though, I think is it's the right track. It's going to be a team like that and unfortunately it's going to be devastating for us if Buffalo does get him because, you know, they're in the division. There's somebody that the Canadians are trying to catch up to in terms of where they are in their development. Um, they finally after years of, st- of fits and starts have finally gone onto a path that seems like it's going upwards, even though it doesn't look like it. And, you know, if you look at the last couple of your standings, if you look at the players that they have and the improvements that they're making, I think like Buffalo is a great place. And I think that somebody like Jake Allen, even though that's where he would fit, like, I feel like he would appreciate the opportunity to make his mark on something. Like, I think we know that he's not going to be, he's not going to be the star of the show in any, um, respect but I also think that he's not gonna have a situation where he had like like here where he was like best friends with Carrie Price he was being relied on a lot he was really you know I think it's going to be somewhere where he's going to be relied upon literally to mentor somebody not just back somebody up um so obviously that makes the most sense Scott you've been perusing the the teams and I'm just trying to find another fit that makes sense. I thought, well, maybe Florida, because I know they have Sergei Gabrovsky, who is a wild card at the best of times. And I remembered Spencer Knight is coming off of player assistance this year and will be, you know, part of that. And then I look at, you know, LA has Cam Talbot, who is 36, and Phoenix Copley, who is, my God, 31. And I remember when he came into the league that it's like there are teams that are that are there for it, but they don't have the cap space for it to make it work. And I'm just, it's going to be a team we don't expect. And also I wouldn't rule out a team like Winnipeg if they trade Connor Hellebuck going another way there and being like, we need a veteran goaltender here. You trade Connor Hellebuck, you open up $6.1 million in cap space, whatever pieces are coming back. And maybe Jay, Jake Allen is part of that is in a three-way trade where one guy goes here, one guy, just like the Eric Carlson trade again, and then you send Jake Allen to Winnipeg. Sorry, Jake, you have to take the train. They don't have an airport. <laughs> and it, you it just, fe- you, by the way, you just spoiled the Friday mailbag. There is literally a three way trade involving Connor Held, but question in the Friday mailbag. <laughs> well, look at that. I haven't even read the questions yet. I'm just so, so smart up here. For anyone who follows me on Twitter, no, but yeah, I, I am, it's going to come out of left field. I don't. I can't quite place the team. I can't help but keep coming back to Buffalo, though, as the team that I think fits what Jake Allen brings, the cap space that they would need. And Allen is probably not going to cost them a ton. Neither would Casey DeSmith. Neither would Caden Primo. But only one of these guys is a proven quality NHL, like 1B backup goaltender. And that's Jake Allen right now. I absolutely agree. Um, and speaking of the mailbag, if you want to send us mailbag questions, please do. It's the off season. We need content. 
Um, you can email them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Uh, you can X tweet them, whatever it is. I'm not going to call it X. You can just tweet them to us on Twitter uh, at LO <laughs> underscore uh, Canadians or DM us there. You can also find us on all sorts of social media with using our, our Twitter handles, The Active Stick and Scott Matla. Uh, you know, get at us there. Also, you can leave mailbag questions in the YouTube comments. Just put mailbag question at the beginning so we know what you want from us. Uh, in the meantime, we have some bonus questions from last week's mailbag that we still haven't tackled. And they will be coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. just a peek behind the curtain i almost ended the recording there uh, by mistake um, and then we would have to start all over again because we can't splice the this the platform that we use we can't splice them together uh all right so scott are you ready for some mailbag questions that we didn't get to tackle last week but we will now absolutely um and i just had them pulled up and then you know all right this comes from our friend peter c on twitter one what is the possible probability that Kent Hughes is looking to offload Carey Price's contract? We talked a little bit about this last time, but let's talk about it again. I think he would like to keep it for now and use it as a trade chip. Yeah, I don't think this will be the season that it gets traded. I think going into next year, especially if a team is struggling to reach the cap floor, which is always entirely possible if the cap allegedly there is that allegedly. word allegedly rises as much as they say it's going to. I think there's a team that would be like, we will take that contract just to get a chunk closer to the cap floor. Cause as some of these bad teams get rid of their poo poo contracts, they're going to be out money and carry prices, you know, contract is the perfect, you know, cure all to get back into salary floor contention, I guess. Yeah, I think so too. All right, so the next question is, uh, with the addition of Gus from the Wings, does Justin Barron now end up in Laval? I think it's the other way around. Uh, yeah, like, there's a lot of competition on defense this year, especially since Matheson is healthy to start the year. Um, I think Barron is going to have the inside edge. I think Lindstrom is someone who will likely be bound for Laval, if not part of another. He did he did get his own posts, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm I'm excited to go to Montreal." We didn't see that from anyone else except for Nathan Legale in the previous trade, including Casey DeSmith. And again, I don't know how much social media Casey DeSmith has. In my own defense, on that, uh, I can see Lindstrom or Weidman, either one, going to the Rocket this year. They are basically that seventh defenseman that gets thrown in for back-to-backs or in case of injury. Um, ba the bottom pairing there, you're going to have Barron, you're going to have Weidman, you're going to have Lindstrom, you're going to have some of these other guys battling out for the six, five, six, seven spots there. And whoever doesn't make it, one will stay, one gets sent to Laval, one might get traded. Yeah, I think, um, I think maybe we might even see a rotation. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, and this is a final one from Peter C, but I do want to spend a little bit of time on it just because I'm a troll. Uh, is there still any traction to rumors that have the Toronto Maple Leafs Nylander, Willie Nylander, coming to Montreal? One, I'd like to know where those rumors started because I want to shake their hand because 
if you're looking at someone to finish out that top line with Caulfield and Suzuki, and then you can move a Raphael Harvey Pinard with new hook and Kirby doc or whomever, and you can add William Nylander, who is a very good playmaker, a very good scoring forward, maybe not the tightest defensively. So your top line is going to be more offensively inclined and your second line, maybe take some of those defensive responsibilities. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sign me up. The issue is Toronto cap strapped. Nylander wants a big contract, which, okay, the Canadians are in a position to offer him. How much are you giving up out of your cachet of prospects and picks and whatnot to get William Nylander? Because they're going to want someone to re- likely to replace him in the lineup there, which I assume they're going to think is going to be Matthew Nice potentially this year. Um, I don't think it's Nick Robertson, um, but just to, they're going to want an NHL player in that spot, or at least someone who should be in that NHL spot. Would that be Jesse Olinen and picks? Would that be Owen Beck? Would that be Joshua Wah, et cetera? A high end piece here. They, they would ask for Lane Hudson. They would ask for David Reinbacher. Whether or not they get them is its own current situation. And depending on how good of a GM Brad Treliving is, which remains to be seen at the Toronto level right now, based on, you know, giving Ryan Reeves a three-year contract, among other things. Mm-hmm. Adding Nylander to the Canadians instantly jumps them a few steps forward in the rebuild. I, <laughs> If the price is right, screw it. Go for it. Sign that man up and let him score all the goals in the world because it'll make two parts of the Toronto fan base angry. The people who hate him now because he's just scoring against Toronto. He never did that for us, even though he has consistently done that for you. And the fans in Toronto who already loved him, who now have to watch him be good for a rival franchise as well. And that I think is just the sweetest, best part of this sweetest, if you will and best part of this entire thing. Uh, And finally, we have a question from the incredibly wonderful Jen Conway. If players were fast food, who is what? So this isn't specific to the Habs. (laughs) But if you want to make it specific to the Habs to help you answer the question, I'm down for that. I'm I'm trying to think of like, because you and I have different tiers of how we do fast food on things. like. You know, like I consider five guys like a high-end fast food. Like five guys is Cole Caulfield like level stuff. And then like I love Taco Bell. I know Taco Bell is trash, but I love Taco Bell. It is delicious trash. eh, That is true. It is delicious, delicious garbage. And our I I was about to call Michael Bazzetta delicious garbage. And I'm like, that sounds weird on this podcast. So I'm going to redact that. But like. It's probably not the best thing for you, but it fills a certain niche from time to time. And that is Michael Pizzetta. Michael Pizzetta is the Taco Bell of the Montreal Canadiens, if we're being honest. Like, it is, he it is, is yummy. yeah. It's also great when you've had a few too many. <laughs> he He's such a throwback player that, like, you've had a few beers at a game and he starts fighting somebody and you're all into it. Just like if you've had a few too many beers or other substances and you're like taco bell would be great right now and it seems like a great idea brendan gallagher is arby's because maybe he was great once maybe not anymore like at all (laughs) 
<laughs> and I know Jen lives in the Midwest, so there's things like Culver's and like Portillo's and other stuff out really that way. I need to try all of that. I, actually, I think I've had Portillo's. There is an episode of the Shutdown Fullcast that talks about all the regional fast food chains. It is eye-opening to see what is in like the Southeast United States that we do not have in the Northeast. And like, is what it is that? Bojangles? There is I Bojangles. Love Bojangles. <laughs> I have not had Bojangles. Oh my before. God, you would love it. Uh, there, there's also it. like Crystal, there's Cookout, which I am dying to try after listening to this, that like where they made a thing called the Quadilla, which is just four quesadillas stacked on each other, or as they called it, Cookout Lasagna. Oh my um, God, that's amazing. The the name of the episode, if you want to go watch that, is Taco Bell Will ha- Help You Murder the Concept of Mornings. And it was <laughs> my introduction to that podcast, and I've been hooked since. So I it's hard because now, one, I want fast food, which is a terrible idea right now. It is 8.30 at night when we are recording this. So um, I'm going to leave it off with Brendan Gallagher's Arby's because maybe the Big Montana was great once. And now you just kind of look at it and you get a little sad. And realize maybe this isn't as good as it once was, except for curly fries. Still great, always great. And their fries are still good. Like there's some curly fries that have like you know diminished in quality over the years. The Arby's curly fries, I will still always do. All right, that is it for today's episode. Remember that next episode is the Friday mailbag. Please send us questions. We want questions for the Friday mailbag. Um, and if there's any news that happens in the meantime. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Uh, Please like, subscribe, and rate us if you want other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You'll find Scott on X or Twitter or whatever it is uh, at Scott Matla. You will find me at The Active Stick. Those are also our usernames on various other social media platforms. You can find us anywhere. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you on Friday.